Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Texas politicians are lying to us about how much money they're going to give us in property tax relief this year. While that's a problem in and of itself, it actually points to the bigger lie about government that not only are they telling us, but quite often we tell ourselves. So this week on the Liberty Cafe, we're going to talk about the big lie, what it is, and also what we can do to overcome it. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. It's a blessing to have you here with me this week, as it is every single week. And we're also blessed with the, the people at Texas Scorecard. I was just up there yesterday. We did a, um, I don't know, eight hours. I was there about four or five of them. Uh, broadcast, t- uh, Facebook, I think, uh, broadcast on uh, the big budget that they had uh, passed in the Texas House yesterday. Um, that was, um, well, that was last week from when you're hearing this, but, and they spent a lot of money. So, but unfortunately they didn't talk much about it. They just basically passed it. There's a few arguments, a lot of show trials and that kind of thing, but there was really no meaningful opposition to this $303 billion budget that is increasing the spending of state funds by 23% over what they did in 2021. It's really outrageous. And so I've kind of lost my track here, but I was up at Texas Scorecard. They're a great group of folks and they're the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. So go over there and to texasscorecard.com and find out more about what you can do to fight the battle for liberty here in Texas. Well, I think that's actually a good uh, segue into the topic today because they were lying to us on the floor yesterday about how much they were going to spend on this, that, or the other. They've been lying to us, uh, Texas politicians have been lying to us about how much money they're going to give us back of our own money they're going to give us back in the form of property tax relief. And so I've been talking to Michael Quinn Sullivan, who's the publisher of Texas Scorecard, about this. Last week, we went through some of the beginnings of all that and and looking at that issue in part one. This week is part two. And we're going to we're going to lead in here with just a bit of an overlap from last week. We're going to start with a conversation from uh, Senator Joan Huffman and Senator Paul Betancourt, where they're trying to explain that the eleven point three billion dollars, eleven point two billion dollars that they're actually giving us in property tax relief is really sixteen point five billion. And so we're going to start with that conversation from a recent committee hearing that they had. Then I'm going to comment on it briefly, and then we're going to pick up in part two where Michael Sullivan starts talking. And and we're just going to go into this concept of the big lie. What's bigger than the lies they're telling us? Well, there's right now about the budget and about property taxes. Well, there's more to it and uh, that they're telling us. But as I said in the intro, that we kind of tell ourselves as well. So Michael's going to get us started on that, and we're going to finish up this week. So without further ado, here we go into part two of the big lie. It is new compression. Is that right? right? Yeah. Look, it's it's complicated. But right. It's complicated, it's but yeah. <laughs> it's a misnomer. We've had some people talk about old versus new. That's not the issue, and that's how I try to answer all of this because uh, because people, the, without understanding the complexity of the budget, um, people don't realize that we have to pay for this biennium after biennium. 
when you listen to them talk, it becomes pretty clear that they're trying to make it sound very complicated and that it's so complicated that we can't really understand it. So you just have to trust them that this $5 billion that they promised us three or four years ago is somehow new property tax relief. And, and, and it, again, I don't know if they don't think we're bright enough to understand it, or maybe it's just like you, like you pointed to before is that we've just continued to, to listen to them and let them do the same thing over and over and over again. And they kind of feel immune to, uh, any kind of uh, retaliation from us out here in the, in the public. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing I think each of us need, needs to remember when we start talking about the state budget, talking about property tax relief, you know, you know, guys like you and me, uh, we throw around the term a billion a lot. And we heard it there in the, um, in, in, the in the audio clip and you're going to be reading about it over the next, you know, next couple of weeks about the state budget, billions and billions, all these kind of numbers, a, a billion seconds, is 31 years. Um, you know, um, when, when you talk about the, the the size of the budget, none of us can comprehend what these numbers are. And, the, and these numbers mean nothing to us. And, and I think that that's it. You know, and, and, and look, the numbers are real. There really is a billion dollars. If you had, you know, 32 years, you could count out a billion $1 bills. You would be able to, be able to sleep or eat or anything else, but you could count out um, a billion dollars in, in about 30, 32 years, 31, 32 years. Um, but you know, these are real numbers, but they're just so big and it's easy to get lost in them. And I think that as, um, as, as uh, you know, our legislators, um, it, I think many of them also get lost in the, in the numbers. <laughs> they get lost in them. And, and again, the, the, the system that we, that we have, the system we were given was one in which our politicians are supposed to be people pleasers. They are supposed to be people who would, who in any other system, in any other system in the world, would be the finest servant to the king. They would be the guy standing by the wall who was ready to fill the water glass without the king having to ask, right? Because in our system of government, the citizens are the kings. You and I are supposed to be the sovereigns, and they're supposed to be the servants. We have a system that 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 elects these servants, but ultimately they are just servants. Some of the smartest people I know are in the Texas legislature right now, which is maybe says more about my low caliber of friends, maybe. Um, <laughs> but but yet they are servants. They're people pleasers, and um, and 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 for too too many situations, we as the citizens have forgotten that we are supposed to be the sovereign, and they are fundamentally by the structure of our system. They're just the servant. Yes, we should honor their, them for being good servants, but they're just servants. We can't count on them um, to be, you know, to be masters as we do with the Texas Senate. That clip you just listened to. You know, Paul Bettencourt also d d has legislation on education. He has some criminal justice stuff. Uh, he's working on on all these various myriad, highly complex issues in addition to property taxes, in addition to the state budget, um, and rinse and repeat with all these legislators, you and I have to remember that we that, that we are supposed to be in charge and we, we've got to stop outsourcing um, our, um, our sense of, gosh, you know, what's government going to do? And then listen to the politician. Instead, we need to take it on ourselves to say, this is what I demand government do. And when government's not doing it, 
that is a reflection on our poor hiring. You know, I love Paul Bettencourt to death. He's death. He's literally one of my favorite members of the Texas Senate. Um, but you know, if, if, if we don't get property tax relief, and I lived in that in, you know, in his district, I might be inclined to fire him in the, in the next Republican primary. Right? I mean, it's not personal. In the same way, it's not personal to fire someone at, at, at the office. It's not personal. We need to treat our republic with at least as much care and diligence as we do um, our, you know, our small businesses or our division in our company that we oversee. We should have at least the same amount of care uh, for it. And um, and and too often, you and I and two of our friends treat government um, as oh well, you know, who's the guy who sends me the nicest Christmas card? I'll I'll keep reelecting him. Who's the gal who, you know, says the most fiery thing at the Republican club speech, but doesn't vote that way, but she said something fiery, so I'll, I'll go ahead and vote for her anyway. You know, we have to get past that. And, uh, and, and none of these things change until enough of our fellow Texans say we're ready for this stuff to change. Yeah, you, you bring up a really good point there. We look back at the uh, 20, was it 2022 uh, Republican primary? And a, as you know, I... Uh, I helped work for Don Huffines in that effort. And then you also had Alan West, who's a fiery conservative guy as well. And a lot of us, I think, were hoping that, you know, because, you know, a lot of the, everything that's going wrong in Texas today is is coming under Republican leadership in Austin, right? And, um, you know, the, the lockdown stuff and all the trans things and the drag shows and those are all, you know, there, there's somebody up in Austin who could have been doing something about that and wasn't. The border is another example. And so, you know, a lot of us were hoping that, that maybe the people of Texas would, would rise up and, and, and at least get one of those two guys into a runoff with Greg Abbott. And so we could have a real conversation on whether or not. Um, you know, the, Texas was heading in the right direction. But as you know, those guys got about 20% of the vote total. And Abbott walked in with close to 80% of the vote on that. And, and so, you know, but it seems to me that there's more than 20% of the Texans who were not happy with the way things are going. And so you're right. I think that comes back on us. And, and it particularly comes back on us as Christians, right? One, ones who would uh, seek to employ God's will in, in our lot, not just in our personal lives, but out in the world around us and in, in public policy. And I think that's one of the big problems today with just Christians and the church in general is that, you know, at least good conservative churches, you know, Southern Baptist and some Presbyterians and some, a lot of Bible churches and things like that seem to be really good at, at preaching personal piety and the salvation of Jesus Christ for our sins. But they, they, some of them get a little weak on saying, okay, this is what God says about economics, right? Uh, this is, I, I had put out a, uh, I wrote a piece the other day and tweeted it out, and I suggested that we ought to uh, de develop a theology of um, basically the, the the cancel culture, right? And and somebody tw tweeted back at me said that's really weird, Bill, right? And I said no, I you know it, I don't think it's weird seeking a theology on just about anything because the the Bible is is you know it doesn't have all the details but it's got everything we need to to develop 
not just personal piety, but but a understanding of how the world should work. And I think we're really short on that in the church today. And what, um, what is actually weird uh, historically is the notion of thinking that it's weird to have a theology on cancel culture. You know, the 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 the, the men who founded our country would not have thought your statement weird. Some might have agreed, some might have disagreed. That's different than thinking, oh, we need to develop you know, a, 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 a theologist. Certainly, uh, the leaders of the Reformation wouldn't have thought it was weird. Thomas Aquinas wouldn't have thought it was weird. St. Augustine wouldn't have thought it was weird. You know, you know, go, go back through history. These guys would have thought that was the result. It's a, you know, that, that is, you know, the, the, the indictment of the modern Christian church bill is not that we um, don't have a a kind of a uh, you know a working uh, working out of the theological implications of cancel culture. What's weird is that we have people who think it's weird that that we would. That's the, that's the weird thing. Yeah, and sometimes they get downright hostile to it uh, because you know particularly these days when we're seeing a lot of the uh, you know the you know the, this white supremacy talk and those types of things, uh, you know, egalitarianism and even homosexuality leaking its way into the church and influencing them. And then when, when people in the, some conservatives or Christians who want to bring the whole counsel of God to, to bear on these things, sometimes people inside the church get really mad at, mad at people for doing that. Um, so, so what's your, what's your path forward for us to, to get us in a better place? I mean, it may take a while. We've got a big mess to deal with, but what's your path forward? Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I I've made reference to this several times over over the course of our conversation, um, and, and so I'm going to say it again. Um, almost all of the problems, the, the 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 almost all the problems that we see in government, federal government, state government, local governments, um, are attributable to the citizenry not doing its job. That yeah, on, on, in any specific instance, you can say, well, it's Joe Biden's fault, it's Greg Abbott's fault, it's John Cornyn's fault, or Ted Cruz's fault, or you know, go down the line of you know any city council. Yes, that they may have done a thing wrong, but the but the real culpability is 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 us, the citizens. And I think that if um, you know, we can only stand outside. The city hall, or the um, or the Texas Capitol, or the school board meeting, or the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, shouting um, at the at the particular elected officials to do the right thing for, for so long until our, until our throats go sore and we stop, um, and they're not going to listen anyway. Um, where where we, you and me, where all of your listeners, where all of us would better spend our time is having those same conversations, the same discussions with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family. I would suggest that the biggest lie, uh, that maybe the most evil civic lie that's been told um, in the last hundred or so years that we all buy into is the lie that goes in polite company. We don't talk about religion or politics. That is the worst lie. That is the lie that I would argue has, you know, has bred so many problems. Because if, if we can't talk about talk about our faith in polite company, 
then you're only talking about your faith in what? Implied company? Well, that's not healthy. <laughs> um, if, if you can't talk about your um, about uh, you know, about the issues facing your you know your school district, porn in the in the school library, you know facing the state, property taxes, facing the country, you know war in in, in Europe. Um, if you can't have a polite conversation with your neighbor where you can exchange ideas, people who you you know cook hot dogs with, people who you check each other's mail with, all those kinds. If you can't have a polite conversation there and this working out of these problems, I'm probably not going to have any success talking to some senator from a state I've never visited. <laughs> you know, right. um, And the only way that we are going to see resolution, um, whether we're talking property taxes or, or the myriad of other issues uh, that seem so daunting to us today, is when you and I and all of us as citizens um, treat our government with the uh, with the uh, with the responsibility um, that is uh, that is held by owners. Um, you and I own our state. We own our country. Our country is not owned by the president. The, country, the state is not owned by the governor. Uh, you and I, the citizenry, own these these things. Um, and, and we have to be acting like owners. We have to uh, be acting like people who have uh, have ultimate responsibility. I, I, I Bill, I, I, I spend. This is going to sound very silly. You've known me a long time. You'll you'll know um, that I am sometimes silly like this. I I worry about um, the kind of questions I'm going to be asked um, about why Michael didn't you vote in those school board elections. You know, you, you had this power. I placed you in this place, in this time, giving you all this governing power, and you slept in that Saturday? What, why didn't you go vote? Um, you know, it, it will be easier for the surf um, living in Cuba who has no governing responsibility. <laughs> that, that, that fellow will have far fewer questions to answer about the uh, about what uh, about how he used what he was given than you and I will as citizens um, as rulers in the United States um, we should all tremble for the, uh, from that conversation and take comfort in knowing that through Christ um, in, 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 in real time at that point we won't have to tremble that much because we'll be you know protected by Christ which is fantastic yeah. um, but, but 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 we right now, should be thinking, gosh, you know, that conversation is going to be difficult because I've spent too much time watching YouTube videos of cats walking across piano keyboards and not enough time talking with the guy across the street about how can we get our city council and our state rep to do something about property taxes. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and maybe that, that, that tremoring about that question is one reason why uh, a lot of people seem just fine to be pushed into oppression. Because it's just it's just a lot easier. There's a lot less responsibility when we when we do that. You know, I've been going around several areas of the state recently and giving a talk. And um, matter of fact, my podcast last week was on this topic too. The, the big problem with big government, right? And and what I tell the folks, and when I tell them this, the the big problem with big government is that government wants to be like God. 
government wants to be God, right? And and that's the problem. It, it wants to the, it wants to be autonomous. Doesn't want to have answer to anybody, particularly God. Well, back to your point though, where did we first see that come along? Right, it was Eve in the garden, right, and then Adam right behind her, and 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 so again the yeah government wants to be like God, but what else is government? But, but the people who are in the government and to your point, the people who elect the people who are in government. And so ultimately I think our problem today is, is, is that we're all, too many of us are walking around and all of us have this problem, but too many of us are walking around wanting to be autonomous and not be God ourselves. And so we get the government that, (laughs) that we want, right. Even though we don't really like the, uh, like the outcome of that. So, you know, what I tell the folks is that the only way out of that is is worship, you know, right worship in church, right worship in our hearts and bringing the whole counsel of God to these things and repenting of our sins. And, you know, and, and you know, it's not like the, the work that Texas Scorecard does out there, or the reporting or like a think tank where you and I both were TPPF. That's all important. But if it's not accompanied by these other things in our hearts and our repentance and worshiping God, none of it's going to help us out. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's very well said. I think that our, um, you know, again, the the only way that you and I are in a right relationship just as, as two men um, who are friends is if we are both right with God, if we're not right, if we do not have a, 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 a firm relationship um, and, and a right understanding of my individual of God, I'm, one, I'm, I'm always going to be a bad friend. I'm ultimately going to be a bad friend. Um, and, and that just continues to work its way out. Um, and again, it you know, goes back to, you know, you're, you're talking about you know, the, having a theology about cancel culture, um, that, that all of us should constantly be asking ourselves, um, you know, the, the, these kinds of questions about, um, about whether or not um, you know, w- we are honoring God with the way that we are um, uh, behaving in and towards government, including our inaction towards government. That is also our behavior, um, is, is our inaction. And I think that um, when, when you look at voter participation rates, um, when you look at, um, at, the, at the number of people who will, um, who at the drop of a hat will uh, will drive across state to buy a lottery ticket at a gas station that has had, you know, five of the last twenty winners or something, um, but yet won't take time to, um, you know, to educate themselves and drive to their state capital to make their voice heard about an issue. Um, the number of folks who will, um, you know, you know, go camp out for uh, for movie tickets. Um, for a, a crummy movie that will be on you know your home video in you know three weeks, um, but yet won't go to their school board meeting um, to talk about the abuse of children. You know, again, that, that's where you and I have to think, man, why am I not having more conversations with my with my friends and my family? Um, we we have to make sure that we are in that, that all of us are in a much better relational place. Not starts their relationship uh, with God, but imbues everything that we do. Well, great conversation today, Michael. Thank you for being with me today on the Liberty Cafe. Great to be with you, Bill. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all the listeners for once again joining in and listening to us. And thanks once again also to our sponsor, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. 
See you next time.